Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. So in the book of Acts, chapter 2, we're going to read verse 42 to 47 again. Acts 2, 42 to 47. I'm going to read from the NIV. Acts 2, 42 to 47. If you're there, when you index one, say hello. Ah, okay. Kamoja fika sema tulieni bana. We are together, we are one. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, verse 47, and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, our heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for the gift that is today. Forgive us, Jehovah, for assuming that this day is owed to us. And Jehovah, as we worship you in your house, may our worship be pleasing. As we go under the instruction of your word, speak to us. Speak to us to the point that we bear fruit and we leave the house of God. Protect us from the enemy. His desire is that we are not fruitful, that we are not productive. Help us because we cannot fight him on our own. Holy Spirit of God, breathe into us. Fresh, fresh air from the very throne of God. We bless you, we thank you in Jesus' name. You all say, Amina. Like we always begin every week, um, I was reading a story of a boy who asked his father, Dad, are insects good to eat? That's disgusting, the father said very quickly. We are on the dining table to Leah. Upper story in after. Don't talk about things like that over dinner, the dad replied as well. After Lila, the father asks, Now, son, what did you want to ask me before? <laughs> the boy says, Oh, nothing, by the way. There's just an insect in your soup. <laughs> but I think now, now it's gone. <laughs> yeah, you need to be paying attention. Guys, one of the things we want to talk about today is the breaking of bread. The Bible says, And they devoted themselves not only to sound teaching, not only to fellowship, but to the breaking of bread. Like we've been saying, just to remind us, the book of Acts tells us the genesis of the church, how it began. I've always been asked this question, who are the What do you guys believe? What do you stand for? And in as much as we align with what Nairobi Chapel, the, the, the home church, stands for, one of the things I always tell people, is we are Acts 2, 42 to 47. We are a people that believe in sound doctrine. If you ever asked, that's who we are. We believe in fellowship. And like you're talking about today, we believe in the breaking of bread. And you've seen us do it consistently. It is a place of joy where we enjoy. Our stomachs are filled. Amen? Or not? Amen? Yeah. But also like you learn next week, 
It is also a place where we believe in prayer. Those are the four things I always say. So if you ever ask, we have four things. You'll find them there. And so the Bible says that Jesus, after resurrection, stayed 40 days behind. He was encouraging his disciples. One of the most difficult things you'll have to encounter in life is discouragement. And Jesus knew, so he came back. And for 40 days he encouraged them to remind them what he called them to do. I called you to save humanity. To bring back the children that were lost from the fold of God. That is why he came. And so for 40 days, he encourages them to continue in the work. The work of telling the nations why he came, why he had to die, why he had to go through what he went through. And so he had to remind them again. Remember the Bible says at one point, he found Peter and the rest back fishing. They couldn't even recognize him. The book of John tells us at the very end, chapter 21. And then they see him and are like, Hiya, who knew the jama? When he says, Come, let's share of this together. seashores. You know, fish. Just before he went up to heaven, he tells them to wait for him in an upper room. The upper room. There's a joke about that. You see, you see, up. See, up. In Jerusalem, 10 days later. The Spirit of God comes down to each of their heads. What a sight. Sometimes I imagine, how did that look like? Can you imagine if just each one of us, selfie maneno, unajua tuwa selfie. Ata prayer, ata sahau. Ah, Holy Spirit, oh my gosh, goodness. Welcome to Embakasi. This is the place, if you want fire on your head, each of their 120 heads had a fire from God, the Holy Spirit. Peter then, by the authority of the Spirit of God, preaches his maiden someone. Someone ya kwanza, believe it or not. And 3,000 come to salvation. Then, later on, the, the church begins. One of the things you must remember about the time of the apostles is that it was a very difficult time. Very difficult. Difficult time. Because remember, the Sanhedrin don't believe in Jesus. The Sanhedrin was the order of the church. The guys in charge, the council. They were saying, ah, this is just a vagabond, not a potelea. They didn't believe him. And so, one of the things they were doing is they were prisoning these guys, putting these guys in prison. Some of them were being killed for their faith. And so they had to find a way to meet together. In as much as in the beginning it was quite easy because Jesus had to do what he had to do. After he left, it was very difficult. At one point, Peter is in prison. Why? Because he's telling people that Jesus is the Savior. They pray for him and he comes out, goes and talks to the guys, finding them still in the place of prayer. Paul as well. Guys, it was a difficult time. But one of the things I love about this difficult time is they met together in homes. That was the place. One of the things you see us doing quite a bit these three months before the year is over is to remind us about home fellowships, about small groups of people. 
Because I kid you not, maybe you will not believe me, but real growth does not happen on Sunday. Growth of the believer does not happen here. The power of God for your life is not necessarily in this space. It is in the doing of life with those that you believe are in the same space like you. Believers, churchgoers, guys who believe in Jesus. And so we will continue to remind you that that is the place. It is a space through which sermons can be discussed. Is that true? Ati Peter, Ali preached, then 3,000 people came to salvation. Yes. Let's look. Oh, okay, okay. It is a space through which Bible questions can be asked and answered with no time limitations. It is a space where you get to do life with fellow believers. And I kid you not, if you want to stand through what to me, what I was going to use it, the vicissitudes of life. Yeah? <laughs> if you want to stand through the vicissitudes of life, you have to have somebody to walk this journey. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, two are better than one. They have a better return for their labor. You cannot do life on your own. Even just life outside of salvation. You can't. You can't be an island. God never designed us that way. He is three in one. We saw in the first week, the Trinity. God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so he demands that even in salvation we find like-minded people to do life with. Done well, these small groups will help you. You've seen the help that it has, even in something as simple as Uchanga, when a friend is dead, a family member is going through a difficult situation. That is what God is calling us to in this house. And so when we begin to ask you to do that, Uchanga Muke, amen? One of the most powerful things that happens in the home group fellowships as well is what has been called the breaking of bread. In simple definition, Nikudish. Amen? Yeah. Let's just put that one outside of the definition. That's the direct one. Last week we talked about fellowship, and so the breaking of bread isn't the very definition of fellowship, but it is a major part of it. I believe that the reason Christianity has grown immensely in our continent is because of fellowship. We are very together as a people. It is very difficult for someone to, somebody to come to your house. Na toke tu ivo. Takachai, you know. And I don't think I've come to anybody's house. Kuna wale sija visit ni sawa. Mwaka ijaisha. Na maona. Na maona vizuri. It is very difficult. As a culture, we are people who enjoy togetherness around kitu ya kuingiza kwa tumbo hallelujah eh yeah. so I, i actually think i believe it is why christianity one of the reasons christianity thrived but the actual meaning of the breaking of bread is in the scriptures and i hope that by the end of this service i hope by the end of this month you will understand what the breaking of bread really means i think you know let me just remind you kidogo We're going to start here. Bible trivia. How many people did Jesus feed with bread and fish? Let me see. 5,000. Over 5,000. 
Over 10,000 amechanja nsa yake. How many people we are few naweza kuja pale unaka. Eh, mlifikiria sikishika hii maiki. Eh, sijui niende hii side pale pale kona. How many? How many? How many? 5000 men. Severo. Yes. Eh. So kuna 5000, kuna 10000, kuna 5000 men na Severo. Eh. Any other answers? Nine thousand men, eh? Any Matthew 14 let's go Matthew 14 eh? verse 13 to 21 we'll answer this question no worry Matthew 14 verse 13 to 21 I won't take too much of your time Matthew 14 I'm going to read verse 13 to 21 If you're there say hallelujah One of these days I'm going to come with that voice in the name of Jesus Ah I see you at the back <laughs> Matthew 14, 13-21 When Jesus heard what had happened He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place What had happened? His cousin is dead John the Baptist has been beheaded by Herod And akafanya bash Can you imagine? So Jesus is almost mourning his cousin At a solitary place Hearing of this, the crowds didn't care Followed him on foot from the towns When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached the disciples came to him and said this is a remote place Bwana and it's already getting late. You know I don't know whether there was a coffee then send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied verse 16. They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Hata wewe ingia kwa mfuko. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5000 men besides women and children. Out of 5000 pigeni makofi. Lakini baada tujamaliza. Let's go to Matthew 15 verse 29 to 39. Apo tu next. Simbali. So it's a continuing story. Tumetoka Matthew 14, now we are in Matthew 15. Verse 29, Jesus left there and went along the sea of Galilee. There meaning Tyre and Sidon, if you, read, if you read it very well, you understand. He went from the east side of the Galilee, now Amanda, to the west side of Galilee. On the east side of Galilee are the Jews. On the west side, the pagans. So no wonder he left, now Tyre and Sidon, along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up to Nanelea on the mountainside and sat down. He's tired. Again, great crowds came to him, bringing the lame blind crippled mute many others and laid them at his feet and he healed them verse 31 
The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and they have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? Can you believe that? And just one chapter before, he's fed 5,000. Just think about that for a second. They're asking the same question. Really? You know that really question? Really? Where, where, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? One of them was young, it's funny stuff, you know? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked again. Seven, they replied. And a few small fish. Ah, fish, manenos. <laughs> he told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And they in turn to the people. They all ate and again were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men, besides women and children. After Jesus had sent the crowd away, he got into the boat and went to the vicinity of Magadan. So how many people did Jesus feed with bread and fish? Besides, exactly. <laughs> It was a difficult time. Number one observation. Despite Jesus seeking privacy and the crowds following him, compassion filled him for them. This is just an observation. Jesus was hurt over his cousin's death. Remember, this was a cousin, and the parents were close. So he was hurt. It is not easy to find out the cousin has been beheaded in whatever time it is. So he went away privately. I'm sure to grieve. Remember, for Lazarus, he cried. The shortest verse in the Bible. He was tired again from having spent the whole night in prayer. This is verse 15, chapter 15 of Matthew. Walking on water, we are told, Apple chapter 14, towards the end, he walks on water. Spends the whole, yani, he was in prayer for almost the whole night, takes time, then goes and walks on water to his disciples after doing ministry. Meaning he hasn't slept. Dude is tired. And despite that, instead of anger, because How many are like when you're really tired, you know, and everyone is in your face? Hey, boss. Instead of that, or selfishly, selfishly wanting his time, the Bible says he had compassion on the people. Compassion. Compassion. The origin word for compassion used here, the Bible says, is so heavy in meaning 
But it, is, it signified a great emotion that in the whole Bible is only used in this instance with Jesus. He had a great emotion of liking, of empathy for the people. Compassion from Jesus. It is because of this great emotion that he heals them. Jesus never came to show off. He came to save us. He never came to boast about his position. He came to save us. It is because of compassion that the Bible says in the book of Mark, because this miracle is the only miracle in all the four Gospels. In the book of Mark, he says it is because of this compassion that he teaches them. And his wife, you normally tell those who desire to be pastors, pastors in the house, pastors, 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 we shall talk about this next month. Amen? Amen? Those that desire the gift of teaching, gift of teaching in the house, teachers, <laughs> if you desire to teach, to pastor, to serve the people of God, you must have compassion. You must have it. For the gift God places in your heart, in order to serve, we must see compassion. We tell ministers, even in church planting school, and now we have the opportunity, do you have compassion for God's people? Compassion for God's people will take you through the difficulties of the ministry. That's how we tell the difference. It is that love you have that is so binding for your children. You can do anything. And somebody better not touch them. Otherwise, much out of the more. Compassion is the key to being called. God has called each one of you to serve his kingdom. Do you have compassion? Compassion for the lost. Is something we try to enhance in our house. Was it order if we reach the Mbakasi community? Because of compassion, not because it's our job. I remember vividly when I could sense, eh, I have a feeling for those in trouble. There's a way I am just drawn. It is God's gift. And I am sure you have it too. Don't suppress it. Please, I beg you. Have you ever just been drawn to even a social media story without you being there? You've heard of somebody that was raped by a gang of thieves and you're like, oh my, if I could cut those. God is asking that you do not let that die inside of you. Don't allow life to kill the compassion in your soul. That is a gift from God. Amen? Number two, despite the disciples almost chasing the crowds away, Jesus asks them to feed them. Jesus teaches the disciples a key lesson in the ministry of people. Never assume that what you have in your hands is too small. Never. Never assume the gift God has given you is too small. Ah, me, 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 Angu, I don't think it's significant. That's not the point. Never assume. I'm sure, can you imagine the disciples having the conversation? 
Yes, we will use a boss man and we will use, okay, guys, feed them. You know what You're the disciples. I gave you the power. Because a few chapters before, Jesus chose the twelve and sent them. And then you find you Now I'm sure one of them was like, hey, Masi hapa kuna tulo uftano na fishmili. Nani napeleka, nani napeleka isi tafu kwa Jesus? Who's going to? Because hindi yoiko. We should have maybe thought about this. We are his disciples. Hindi yoswa mkono. Can you imagine that conversation? And I'm sure Peter remdo meake dialgo, ah, hiko ni, wani? Semuliza nini hiko? What you have in your hands is never too small. Never. So what do you have in your hands? Do you know what you have in your hands? Because if, 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 this is almost a heretic, little heretical statement. If you are the child of God, come God then there is something he has placed in your hands. What is that? For some of you, it's the gift of mercy. For some of you, it's playing the guitar. For some of you, it's a sub. A sub, amen? Mm. That is from Jehovah. It is not too small. Jesus just needs you to put what you have in your hands in his. And he'll multiply it for the masses. That's what he did. So what do you have in your hands? Do you know? He blessed 12 loaves and some fish to feed almost 36,000. after service. Do not look down to the little that's in your hands. If you give it to the Lord, he will press it down, shake it together, and it will run over. To the point, there will be basketfuls left. That is the abundance of God in your life. Put your little in his hands. Amen? Number three, Jesus foreshadows the last supper using the breaking of the bread and the fish. This is where we are. extra If you look closely at what Jesus did at the last supper, the words he used there are the very words he uses here. The Bible says he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave to his disciples. That is exactly what he has done. To the crowd, crowds, Jesus multiplies the bread and the fish and they eat to the point of their hunger being satisfied. The satisfaction is so great, they are left overs. Mingi. To his disciples, though, Jesus informs them that the breaking of bread signifies the breaking of his body. Or by suffering, by death, and this for the salvation of mankind, which once accepted, gives us the eternal satisfaction of life back in him. Jesus is teaching us about his death through the breaking of bread. The breaking of bread then must be done every so often in fellowship. Talked about fellowship last week. Hanging out, kuonana, eh, niaje, eh. We believe in the same thing, we believe in Jesus. It's, it must happen often in fellowship. For the symbol it carries so that you might remember 
Remember, he told the disciples, do this as often as you can. Remember. What are we remembering? His death on the cross. Remember. We give thanks in remembrance. And this enhances our oneness as this body of believers. The more we remember, the more we think of the cross, the power it gives us, the more the oneness in our family happens. The last thing is that it does, though, is it helps us in checking the state of our heart in God. Always. And if you see clearly how he was feeding the disciples up, now these guys, he did it. He checked their heart consistently from the first statement. You feed them. These guys are like, what do you mean feed? 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 How? Both. And think about this, by the way. These guys have seen Jesus walk on water. How many here can walk on water? I'm on account of Jew. We have some pilots in the house. No, no, I'm not mentioning names. Maybe no, no, we are, we are gliding in the air. Yeah, maybe it's the same. <laughs> These guys have seen Jesus do countless miracles. And they forget. Jesus is constantly checking them the statements. Constantly. And so when we think of breaking bread, it is our, our hearts that are being checked. Consistently. Number four, the breaking of bread is purely used for the checking of the state of our hearts. If you notice the verse 46 that we've read from Acts 2, in the assembly, let me read. Every day, these believers continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Why glad and sincere? Because they knew the joy of their salvation. They knew. Despite the difficulty of the times, they knew there's eternity after all this. Kumbaya, we can rejoice. The reason we partake of the breaking of bread is because we believe that Jesus is and was the bread of life. He was broken for our sins. Broken. Broken, guys. It is said that even the movies have not shown us the extent to which he was broken. When we partake with glad and sincere hearts, we are putting our sins in the open, reminding ourselves that Jesus died for them. Saying, ah, imagine, as much I'm struggling with this, ah, Jesus died for this one. This means that he satisfies, he satisfies all our hunger to the point of having, having extras. Maybe we say my basket foods. So my question is, what is the hunger of your soul? What does your soul long for? What gives you sleepless nights? Is it fuel? Amen. Is it your children's future? Single people, eh? I'll tell you, single people, eh? They know where I'm going. Is it marriage? 
Unasema Yesu please don't come back until please please please. I supposed to come back but please. Is it your family? What is the deepest hunger of your heart and soul? What is it? Jesus broke his living bread so that we might in the place of the whole we might in the place of the holy communion with him eat it and be satisfied fully. Now it is called the holy communion. We are communing with him. We are taking him. What is the hunger of your soul? Do you know? What makes you angry? I'm here to remind you the world will never satisfy you. Never. Heaven and hell will exist after the world is done with. This will never satisfy you. Marriage, family, children will never. Sorry, married people. It will never satisfy you. Never. I, I kid you not. Friendships will never satisfy you. Here's a tough one. Jobs, positions, businesses, money will never satisfy you. Never. Jesus is the only one. So what, what hungers your soul? What, what, what are you thirsting for? What is that thing deep down in your heart that you're like, hey, I need this. If I only can... You know... Like John was hearing, one of the biggest things in the Roman Catholic is our finances. It's been a tough year, and I understand. The school terms go on. Parents, single people, take note. It's been tough. But in as much as it's tough out there, it's tough also in the house of God. We were, we were in a meeting with the bishop the other day. Now when the bishop calls, Niviboko, but good ones. It is tough to the point that if things are not working out, you need to figure out your house. One of the things that we have to do because things are not happening is you have to cut down on quite a lot. And there's some tough conversations I must have with our team. And no one is scared to say, give and the Lord shall bless you. We are asking for you, those who have the gift of giving. There is a gift. While you kenda kwa okay, sorry to use this example. I used to have a friend. I kenda kwa account. Anashindwa is this like yeah this month or my four months ago? Because it's too much. I songang. You know those guys. We know those people. Musi nengali ni kamati. We know we know those guys. Eh? If the Lord has blessed, consider supporting Robi Chapalimakasi. Amen. That is our hunger and thirst. We are praying this year. This year was the year of health in our finances. And so if the Lord has graced you, consider. Consider. And I'll be talking to some of you as well. But what's yours? What's, what's your hunger and thirst? What keeps you sleepless at night? What's your goal in life? I kid you not that if it is not fully being in the Lord, you are going to struggle. You're going to really be in a lot of pain and suffering. 
Blessed are those, the book of Matthew tells us, chapter 5, verse 6, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I know that sounds all spiri. Oh my God. Holier than thou, guys. That's your verse. Uh-uh. This is how I normally read this verse. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for God, for Jesus' his Son, for the Holy Spirit, for they will be filled. Do you think you're filled with the Lord? If you were to take a pie chart, if you were to take a pie chart of your heart to poor percentages, I beg you by the masses of God, I beg you, may the hunger and thirst for your soul be Jesus. Amen? Amen. And if it's not, please find, find out what it is. Check your goals. Check your family. Check how you treat your kids. Check your friendships. Check whatever encompasses you and find out where really your heart is. Where are the inclinations of your heart? If the Lord is nowhere close, I beg you, have a look. Ask for forgiveness and hunger and thirst for him. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.